0: Now on Racing Pulse, RSN's racing editor, Matt Stewart. He's been quite bold here, Purton, because I think one of the big no-nos in racing is to have a crack at the Chiefs' dive. I don't think that's going to lead to any uh, great relationship between the great jockey and the, and the new chief steward. For
1: more news, opinion and selections, head to
2: rsn.net.au. Yes, it is time for RSN's racing editor, Maddie Stewart, who is still basking in the afterglow of a fabulous Launceston Cup day in Tasmania yesterday. Maddie, before we get into the results from Launceston yesterday, though, I've got an unbelievable uh, couple of tickets to give away for Blue Diamond Day from our very good friend, Andy Lewis, down at the Emerald. Have a listen to this. Two people, and Yourself and Matt Nevitt will also give two tickets away as well. So you get two members' tickets. There is a special function at the Emerald on Saturday. Uh, early openers, complimentary breakfast pastries. Then a bus departs the Emerald at 10 o'clock for Blue Diamond Day out at Sandown. You get members' tickets. You have a great day at the races. The bus takes you back to the Emerald for the after party where there will be a cocktail function, complimentary finger food on arrival, it's valued at four hundred and sixty dollars per ticket. I'm going to give two away now to the first two callers on one three hundred six five two nine two seven, and uh, yourself and Matty Nevitt will have two more to give away in the Big V. That sounds like a great Blue Diamond day.
0: Oh, it does. It sounds like a a, a, a nice early start at the with the Emerald, uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, in true Andy Lewis style. So yeah, and we'll absolutely, and we'll do uh, that on the Big V as well. Hey, before we talk about Tassie. Haven't got an update yet, but it's uh, pinged my... Um, uh, I, we've got to get onto this Zach Purton, Mark Van Gestel situation because since that grab that we just played there and since we spoke to Zach Purton yesterday with that line-in-the-sand attitude towards Mark Van Gestel about uh, his stewarding style, they they, they they were to have a conversation at the the races uh, since then. So uh, we'll have to follow that up. Hopefully we might have a follow-up for maybe the Big V or something, but I can't find anything on the news services about whether there was any conversation and what the consequence of that was. But basically, Zach Purton said, unless Mark Van Gestel uh, modifies his stewarding, uh, it might be the end of Zach Purton in Hong Kong. So it's a massive story over there and really interesting one where a participant is overlording the, the chief steward, and I think that that's probably raising a few alarm bells as well. So whether Van Gestel gives Zach a clip or whether Zach gives Van Gestel an ultimatum or did... Um, we'll have to follow that up for sure.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, Mark Van Gestel was always very good with his time uh, as Chief Steward in New South Wales. So uh, hopefully you can get hold of Mark Van Gestel and we'll get you a little bit later back on if you get any more news and obviously we can follow it up on the the Big V as well because we need to get an update on Hugh Bowman because there's a lot of punters out there who will be on in secret in the surround and backing in secret in the surround who... I think she's about a $2.20 favourite. But uh, as we heard from James Cummings, there is a big question mark as to whether Hugh Bowman's actually going to be allowed to fly into Australia and take up his commitment. So $2.15 she is now in secret. Um, So we're not sure what the reasoning is. He was stood down and uh, is meeting with the Hong Kong Jockey Club doctors today. Now, is it COVID related? We're not sure. Is it uh, another illness? But fingers crossed for Hugh Bowman. We'll get to see him back riding in secret in Sydney on Saturday.
0: Well, and if it's not him, it'll be an able replacement. So uh, we'll, we'll have to f- uh, put that piece of the puzzle in uh, when that information becomes known. All it's said on the, the, the service, wire service, is that he's an uh, illness. So we'll see what the go is with that. Um, yesterday was spectacular as you you know we were both down there and uh, to be kind of witnessing the uh fr- fr- you know in his home state the the inevitable sort of taking his steps towards the all-star mile uh has been really really um a great privilege um and the the Sharon Chapman photos, I've actually sent them to Racing Victoria to say, "Look, you, this is your branding image. Uh, uh, have a chat to Sharon. Uh, these amazing photos of this horse with the waves sweeping over him at the beach, the uh, the Battler from Tasmania." And uh, let's have a let's recap. Uh, Colin McNiff has really been a major part of the uh, the inevitable story, and this is Colin McNiff's call of the inevitable winning the Hallivest Street Haliver Street Stakes at uh, Launceston yesterday. Here he comes,
2: the inevitable, the little champ, down the outside, 200 left to go. You know who I'm talking about. The inevitable just races to the lead now. Went past Swoop Dog Sir Simon, and then Alpine Wolf, and he wins again. No surprise. Brilliantly again. The inevitable by two lengths. Second placing goes to Swoop. And now he's
0: off to wait for age in the All Star Mile. So uh, he's got three and a half weeks, and we'll find some more information about when he's travelling and and all that sort of stuff. But uh, a great farewell for um, the little champ, the inevitable, yesterday. I don't think uh, Alpine Wolf's going to win any bravery awards uh, who ran third. (laughs) Uh, Someone I
2: know might have backed him to run second.
0: Yes. Uh, Anyway, but the little champ got the money, so that's a great story. I think it's the story that the All-Star Mile needs. Uh, So
2: he's sitting seventh on votes, 4,409. I'm not sure whether he actually picked up many yesterday. I thought he might have picked up a few more than that but I don't think there's any doubt he'll make it into the field and that the the voting for the All-Star Mile actually goes dark it it cuts off um, from sight in two days and 12 hours so currently the, the, the votes continue to pile in for I wish I win when it's not confirmed and it's more unlikely than likely that I wish I win will be Uh, lining up in the All-Star Mile. has got over 11,277 votes. So it's gone further ahead of Alligator Blood in the voting. So we'll see what happens with the redistribution of those votes uh, if he doesn't go. But I think that the inevitable will inevitably be in the race.
0: It's interesting, isn't it, The, the kind of the naivety of the votes for I Wish I Win because Matt Welsh came out, and I think it was good that he did to clarify the the likelihood or lack of, of I wish I win uh, running in the All-Star Mile, and I think it emphasises the point, it's not a chink in the armour of the All-Star Mile, but I think it's something that needs constant messaging and updating of the likelihood or not of certain horses, popular horses, actually competing in the race, so Matt Welsh did the right thing yesterday with this and clarified that as best he could, but... Maybe, maybe there needs to be some sort of ramping up of the ongoing messaging of of the horses that are being voted upon, and 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 just updated news snippets on how likely or or not that they are to actually run in the race. But anyway, because um, I think if he runs in the new market, which he will, I, I just can't see how he backs up in the All Star Mile. I just don't see how 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 it would occur. So anyway, um. Simon Wilde is is such an elite trainer and such an elite trainer of stayers and I think he saw an opportunity with Aurora Symphony to win uh, Aurora Symphony's second uh, Launceston Cup yesterday when I think there was a chink in the armour of the Hobart Cup form and and Simon Wilde sort of came in with fresh legs with a fresh horse, albeit a previous winner and and this is what happened uh, yesterday.
2: Spirit Ridge to the outside. Miss Charlie Brown tackled by Aurora Symphony. Rising light the outside. Aurora Symphony with 100 to go from rising light. Spirit Ridge is coming late. Aurora Symphony in front and back to back. Aurora Symphony, rising light second. Spirit Ridge ran third.
0: White Hawker. Crack- yeah, I had it one out in the quaddie as I did the inevitable and then virtually had the field in the last two legs and somehow managed to not get the quaddie. <laughs>
2: How does that happen to you, Maddie? It's uh, it devastating,
0: was, it was a... you know, when you fly into Tullamarine, you suddenly get your four G's, <laughs> and then the, the result comes up and, oh, Aurora's Symphony. And I thought, I'm going to get this quaddy today. And I didn't take the $444 cash out. And then I somehow managed to not have the. Yeah, anyway, let's move on. Uh,
2: just on Aurora Symphony, a really nice story, because Kevin Sharkey uh, mm. let us know of the fact that one of the, the owners had sadly passed away, and they'd booked their tickets to come down, and there was a big crew um, coming down, so I'm sure that was a very emotional win for a lot of people involved with Aurora Symphony, and as you said, Simon Waltz done an unbelievable job with this horse. It's now won um, in excess of $650,000, so um two launceston cups there's not many horses that can uh, achieve that feat so well done to
0: everyone involved kevin saber was the uh, the part owner who died yeah so very sad tinge but there's nothing like winning a, a big race to distract you from those things um uh duel was uh, just a little winner from sale yesterday uh, just always lo- looking for a little highlight win and one for the black books uh Nice two-year-old, Friedman Stable. Um, you know, it's been thereabouts, uh, obviously well-known now because named after Bruce Dool, Um, as a lot of those uh, ro- um, Rosemont horses are. This was, uh, this was the win of Duel at sale yesterday. Dool, 200 metres left to go. Still
2: lead the length and a half. Star Coney trying to raise an effort, but Dool still packing too many punches in the lead. And Dool is home. Away it went. Two and a half lengths in the end. Got clear from Star Coney. Adam O Spursu- was the
0: caller there. A really nice. I think Every time a race comes around, there's always some stories going in the better than others. And, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of Nikita Berryman, both as a jockey and a, as a human being and as a mum. And there's a lovely um, story on RaceNet um, of Nikita and her beautiful daughter, Ella, um, and Nikita's quest to become uh, the first mum to win the Blue Diamond Stakes as a jockey. And I've spoken a lot to Nikita over the last year or so about uh, her decision to go up to up north and um, spend time with her family and bring Ella up and... She's the most dedicated mum. I've never known a mum to be more in love with a child than uh, Nikita is with Allah. And I I think um, there's some lovely words in the story as well. And if Nikita can pull it off um, uh, on Saturday uh, with uh, the little... Party for two? ...battle battle party for two, then uh, it's going to be a lovely story for sure. Where do you think
2: Party for Two actually fits into the mix on Saturday, Maddie?
0: Oh... Look, if it's dominated on pace and a little scampery on pace it can skip away, then Party for Two's going to be in that role. I, I worry about the last, say, 100 metres. But, you know, you never know. It's it's an even race, as we know. Uh, Daniel O'Sullivan telling us yesterday that nothing's stuck its hand above the others too much. So if ever a Party for Two is going to win, maybe this is, this is the year. Um, when I grew up, there was a amazing chestnut two-year-old called Rancher, and uh, he was um, the best young horse since Vane, and he won ended up winning nine in a row, and he won the Blue Diamond Stakes. It was an epic tussle with uh, Grosvenor and Warchest and, and the others, and he was just the greatest excitement machine with humble background and, and so on. Melbourne Racing Club put out a, a lovely interview package with um, Alan Weymouth, who was the son of... Um, uh, Charlie, uh, brother of Normie, who who rode Rancher, and this is just a, a grab from the um, from reflecting on the amazing career of Rancher.
1: So going into the Blue Diamond, yes, there was a uh, a, a lot of pressure, and the fact is, you know, we we we'd won um, seven in a row. Um, can you keep winning? No horse before Rancher had deserved to be compared with the mighty Vane. It was a great compliment
2: to justify that status rancher had to extend his sequence by winning victoria's richest two-year-old event
1: Riding. so blue diamond they're all lined up ready to go and uh, he jumps he jumps well he's jumped from a wide gate i'm um, watching him come across as he's coming across uh there's a horse un- unrock or rear or something um gets to the 600 meters and um this other horse has got in front of him and, um, and the caller says, they've run 33, the first 600. And I'm thinking, jeez, can he keep going? Comes around the corner, and I thought, oh, he's home. But then I thought, I don't say that yet. So we get to the corner, and he, he, he kicks a couple clear. And of course, you're always looking, you're looking, and you see Grosvenor, you see Warchest, you see all these horses starting to edge him ground, and uh, knowing he'd done it so hard early. <laughs> Robert, me, my dad, and my other brother, Charles, we were all there, uh, all sitting next to each other watching it. I hugged my dad. It was just a, um, it was just just like the end of a fairy tale, you know? Like, you, you didn't care if you never won another race after that.
0: Well, he did. He won two more, and the first ever race meeting I went to was the 1982 Cox Plate, and the undercard had the Moyer Stakes clash of Rancher and Manicato, and Manicato knocked off Rancher in that race, and... Uh, uh, it was uh, amazing chapter, and a, the Weymouths were were, were were big at the time, and then Sequalo came along later on, so a little reflection there. Uh, Mitchell Pateman's a very good West Australian trainer. There's just a nice tweet he sent out to just remind people about how close people become to their horses. His father, Michael Pateman, died of cancer in uh, 2013, and Mitchell Pateman had this terrific little mare called Little Thistle Tester, who he, he, he knew as Tess. He ran third in the winter bottom and... I just wanted to read out this tweet that he sent. It just reflects the the impact that horses have on on those who train them. Happy retirement to the horse who did it all for us. First black type winner, first group one uh, starter, place getter. Tess, I owe everything to you. You've given me the best time over the last 18 months. Devastated but forever grateful. Time to go to be a mum now, forever our uh, superstar. So uh, just a nice tweet uh, from Mitchell Pateman. Have a listen to this, Felgate. Matty Hill was at uh, doing the rounds, and he was at Kieran Maher's stable, and he had a chat to uh, a staff member at Kieran Maher Racing's, Tina Walter, who works for Kieran Maher, but his fantasy is to become a race caller. And Matty Hill gave the mic to Tina Walter, and Tina Walter had a crack at emulating Matt Hill's famous race call of Winks beating Ben Battle in one of those... Cox Plate, and here is the Cox Plate call of Tina Walter.
1: Winks on the outside, moves up, takes the lead from Ben Battle. Rostropovis in Darjendo, into the straight
2: at the 200 metres. Winks in front by a length. Ben Battle's going with her. Winks
1: three quarters, Ben Battle. Cometh the hour, cometh the legend. Greatness, Winks has done it. It's equine utopia. <laughs>
2: Oh, there's a future there, mate. Well oh, played. God.
0: Well played. It's an honour to hear that. Thank you very much. That was courtesy of racing.com. So look I over your that. shoulder, Hill. Look over your shoulder. Tina Walter oh, is waiting in the wings.
2: Uh, well, I tell you what, uh, Tina Walter's a better race caller, I'm tipping, than what Matt Hill would be a strapper. Uh, I can't imagine Matty leading one around a mounting yard. So, oh, that's brilliant. I love that.
0: Yeah, no, and uh, I think everyone's got a hidden, you know, who was... Oh, Hang on, what's your hidden talent? No, oh, very hidden, whatever it is. It's very (laughs) hidden, it's very suppressed. Um, Dean Lester, our great mate, um, he was a very private man in a lot of ways. We were at a trivia night at the Star Hotel in Carlisle Street many years ago, and... Uh, People were invited to come up and do a race call and Dean leapt at the opportunity and got up to the stage and and delivered a, a race call. So I think one of Dean's great unfulfilled ambitions, like a lot of us, was to one day call a race and he did that night at the Star Hotel. Uh, and it was about 20 years ago. There was another trivia night where we just won everything because Dean Lester <laughs> knew all the answers uh, to every trivia question in racing. And the most difficult thing was when four of us won a large screen TV and it was a very difficult thing to subdivide. And I actually can't remember what we ended up doing. But um...
2: <laughs> uh, Speaking of our great mate, the legend, Dean Lester, just a reminder that um, the funeral service for, for Dean will be held this Friday at the Cranbourne Turf Club in the Legends Room. It commences at one o'clock, and everyone is welcome. So, uh, from those who knew Dino so well to those who just loved. Dino, through listening to him, you are welcome to go and pay your respects and say farewell to the great man, Dean Lester. Uh, But if you can't get there in person, there are two ways that you can still be part of it. RSN will be broadcasting the service on our digital channel, so on Carnival 2. Uh, All you need to do is download the RSN app, and then uh, you can listen to it via Carnival 2 on the digital radio. That will be the service itself, or you can live stream the service direct from the Cranbourne uh, Turf Club via Tobin Brothers website and I know a lot of people throughout COVID the only way they could view a lot of funerals was through the streaming service so you can log on online Tobin Brothers website tobinbrothers.com.au um, and that's of course with thanks to the Cranbourne Turf Club and Tobin Brothers it'll be a very very big day on Friday Matty.
0: Uh, absolutely uh, absolutely will be yeah. A bit of rain up in Sydney just a little quick just a little scene setter for some of the big Group 1 races so people can wet their appetite for these. Uh, might be a little bit of cut out of the track uh, on Saturday up there. The surround stakes, uh, in secret, you spoke to Jimmy C. Uh, drawn barrier four. Fireburn's drawn off the track. If the rain continues, it's going to be fascinating to see what fireburn can do uh, from a wide barrier there. Animo's drawn well, as you spoke to uh, the Maestro as well, and a few of his mates are going around in that as well. Mawunga. Uh, El Bodigons, a fascinating runner, and the two mares, uh, or the three mares, uh, Modafilia, Fangirl, and Hinge. So that's a good race. Our old mate Profondo's going around the Alpine Wolf of Sydney. Um, what have we got here? And then, of course, uh, the big meeting at Sandown as well. So, really looking forward to that. Is there a particular highlight for you uh, of the of the big races? The Futurity, the Oakley played and the I think the Diamond plays third fiddle this year because it's an epic. Oakley Plate, a very, very good. Um, all the big names are in the futurity, and it's a bit of one of those diamonds where whatever wins will probably. I think there might be a blanket over six or seven of them in the in the blue diamond.
2: It's a very open edition. Uh, I agree with you. The, the Oakley Plate's the number one seed for me on Saturday. I think it's fascinating, and even we're going to have a chat to Henry Dwyer, which I'm I'm really looking forward to because he's. Um, Preparation and his meticulous planning to have Esfira first up in the Oakley Plate. It would be a, a master stroke if he could pull it off. Um, but, again, our good friend, Lofty Strike... I can't believe Lofty Strike is a $10 chance. Now, it, if you have a look at the form of Asfira, um which there is no knock on Esfira, but the horses Esfira was beating last time out compared to the horses that Lofty Strike has been racing against... I, I, can't get my head around that. She's five fifty. Lofty strikes at ten dollars. So uh, mm. there's a host of chances on Saturday.
0: Yeah, Malum on. I've got a feeling about Mask Crusader. Malum uh, first up. A lot of speed drawn out. One big run down the outside. I'd be fascinated to know how he's going. I, I, just with Lofty Strike. If he'd had a kilo and a half less, I would have been a bit more. I'm not. I'm still think he's a terrific chance, but. Uh, 53. He's got fifty three. Yeah, I had. I had in my mind. It's a fifty two minimum. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think I had fifty one, fifty two in my mind as a, as the real featherweight weight for that that three year old. But fifty three. Yeah, yeah. No, he's still got a terrific chance. There's no doubt. I'm. Mar- I've just got this weird feeling about Mars Crusader and Thunder Alligator Brightside. Um, and as we discussed yesterday, I think the fascinating runner, with, with an eye to the, the heavyweights again going around in Hong Kong uh, this or next weekend. Um, Laws of Indices. This weekend. Uh, yeah, this weekend. L- Laws of Indices, again, that little assassin Ben Malamon as well. So oh, I reckon it's a ripper out there at Sandown. So if you... This is the big chance for Sandown. I, I know there's a bit of a uh, argy-bargy about whether some of the races should be, should have been on the hillside, not the lakeside, no, but it doesn't matter. It's going to be a beautiful, warm summer's day with the lawns show your love for Sandown. Get out there. Um the wagering's been really good at Sandown. The attendances have not been quite akin to what Caulfield would have gathered. So if you're a Sandonian, um make sure you get out there and it's almost a case of voting with your feet. So get out there and enjoy the the best race meeting probably ever held at Sandown.
2: Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh it's a great track for families as well and um, have we got the two winners of the two tickets, uh, the Emerald Hotel giveaway that we have can we? read out? Uh, not that I can see not it at the moment. All right. We'll get that out very soon. Yeah, we'll and then it. you and Maddie Nevett yep. will have two winners, uh, two tickets to give away on the Big V as well. Maddie, if you get any news on Hugh Bowman or the Hong Kong situation, let us know. Otherwise, we'll see you on the Big V.
0: Lovely. Thanks, Michael.
2: Maddie Stewart's News, the RSN Racing Editor. Quick break. We'll catch up with Henry Dwyer and hopefully Scotty Brunton after the